good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cook, Hidney Cutter, Because all the hippies are trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, welcome to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, uh, I want to like thank uh, State Senator Mary Kunish for stopping in, and and uh, we got a lot to talk about. We haven't talked to you in a while, and uh, there's so many great updates and uh, great work that the trifecta, and specifically you've done. Um, welcome to Native Ritz Radio. Well, Hihani Washte, everybody. Um, it is on a Friday morning. We're <laughs> taping this a little bit early because we all have stuff going on. But uh, it's really great to be here with you this morning and talk about the good stuff that's going on in Minnesota. Excellent. You know, um, it's it's been a hot day. It's been a hot week. And, and it's crazy because we, we talk about uh, global warming and protecting Mother Earth. And it's funny. It's like august weather right now so i mean i like the heat sometimes but it's 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 a little frightening at times and i know the legislature and the governor and your the senate you guys have been working on things to protect mother earth and i just want to give you a quick shout out and appreciative of all the hard work that you guys have done and and ending on time which is probably the first time since you've been senator that or even uh representative that it's happened yeah, um, we did. We did uh, last biennium. We we always ended on time, but that's because we weren't passing anything. There was no substance to any of the um, bills, the final omnibus bills. Um, we were in that split legislature where the um, the Dems held the majority in the House, and uh, the Republicans held the majority in the Senate. And of course, we had a a Dem. We have a Dem lawyer. Uh, uh, governor and um, the Republicans just weren't interested in doing a whole lot of anything. And so we ended up, um, you know, ending on time because there was, there just wasn't anything left to do because they wouldn't agree to anything. I, I do remember one year there, we were finished in the, my first year in the Senate. So this would have been two years ago. And, um, we, you know, finished everything that we were going to because we weren't having any agreements on some of the big issues. But the Republicans um, still wanted to kind of, it was sort of a cat and mouse game with um, commissioners. They had to be, um, you know, validated and uh, they were they were not validating them. They were not confirming them that the commissioners, the state commissioners, in fact, they were going after quite a few of them. And so uh, they wanted to hold it open for a while and play that cat and mouse game with commissioners. And uh, uh, we just, uh, when we say we, I say the Democrats just called for signy die, which means we shut down, we're done. And there was no way to go back from that. So that was one way that we finished on time. But yeah, we did finish on time this session. We finished with just oodles and oodles and oodles. I mean, we're still trying to unpack all of the good stuff that we did. I've been to a few um, county meetings, you know, legislative recaps, uh, city recaps, education recaps. And people are like, Here's a list of some of the stuff, but there's tons more that we haven't even gotten to. And so we'll continue to to do that work to, you know, I don't even know all the bills that I, I finally um, uh, passed. I know that I was the top bill person wow. in the Senate. Wow. Yep. I, 
I carried 116 um, bills. Uh, and I know that at least 60, there's more, but at least 60 of them are, are passed and in either standalone bills or are um, in the different omnibus bills. So it was a very successful session for me. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, I just got to say this, Mary, I think people are paying attention and know that you were at our Ho-Chunk uh, celebration and people gave you uh, an ovation uh, when you came <laughs> Oh, do you remember that? I mean, it was. Like, I do. I just wanted to come in and and pay my respects to Marlene, and I was a little uh, taken aback because I did get such a warm welcome. But I, I really appreciate that because so much of the work that we're doing, this was probably the biggest, the best session for uh, our Native folks in Indian Country in Minnesota that we've ever had in the state of Minnesota. And I think, you know, it's because there's representation at the Capitol and we're telling the stories and we're telling the accurate history and we're explaining why we need to invest in our communities and, and you know, they're listening. So that yeah. was really great. Yeah. And how are you, uh, you know, I talked to Jessica Hansen uh, a couple days ago and Heather Keeler and just asking how are you detoxing in a sense of, in a good way, of all the good work and, and, um, you know, relaxing, uh, because, you know, some of those sessions went way late, um, and the good outcomes happened. Uh, but still that's a lot of work, a lot of pressure and the education bill is a lot of pressure, uh, because it's so huge. I mean, how are you taking care of yourself? Well, I, um, you know, it's sort of hard because you're going, you're going 50 miles per hour and then all of a sudden you kind of come to a screeching stop and all of a sudden you don't have to get up in the morning and, you know, at, at 530 <laughs> to be at the Capitol uh, in time for your committee. You don't have to be doing the work that needs to go into making sure a bill passes, going to meetings. Um, so all of a sudden it was sort of a screeching halt right around Memorial Day weekend, but that was a good weekend. And that's a good weekend to start that, you know, stepping back a little bit. Um, so I find that um, uh, hanging out with my family, uh, spent some time with a friend down on the St. Croix River. Uh, when my granddaughters come over, it's nothing but fun and games all day long. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, getting back to, to being outside is really my, my uh, cure for just about anything, getting outside, getting around water. Um, I, I'm near this really nice park with a big, lake in the middle and they rent canoes and kayaks so i'm thinking i'm going to get out there one of these days and do that so um just sort of pacing myself taking it easy and being with the people that that bring me the most joy wow that's great and i think that's great advice for everybody um you know go barefoot and feel mother earth and be connected and uh we're the land of over 10,000 lakes i think really the number is closer to 15 and then uh, enjoy uh, the inner city is beautiful here. I, I yeah. think you know which lake you're talking about. Did you have a fundraiser there over a few I years did. ago? Yeah, yeah, that is an awesome yeah. place. Yeah, it's a really nice place. Lots of pa I just actually took my granddaughters for a walk this morning around it, and then we came back to do the radio show. Excellent. Well, I, we're going to wind up the uh, this this segment here real quick, and I just want to uh, talk about. You know, some of the bills that you've talked about, I know you've talked about a few of them in the past, but I think it's really great to talk about, you know, the license plates, uh, MMIWR, the, the, how that's really being funded forever, and, you know, the education and, and things like that. If you don't mind, we'll dig a little deeper. Sure. So, um, like I said, it was uh, such a good year for um, American Indians and uh, our, our communities here in the um, in Minnesota. So as a uh, as a oh, are we going on break? Yeah, we got. OK, when we come back. Yeah, definitely. We'll talk more. Right. Thank you. Hey, we're here. This is Native Roots Radio presents. I'm awake and I'm woke and I'm here with State Senator Mary Kunish and Haley's running the board. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. 
Unwanted sexting or photos, inappropriate jokes, even tickling or wrestling can feel like a violation. Catcalling, cornering, or groping, getting them drunk or high for sex, recording sexual acts without permission, hurting someone because of their sexual orientation, ripping a family member, a child, a date, a friend, a stranger, purchasing a human being for sex. You make the choice every single time. Sexual violence is many things. Make a choice. Do not do it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. When it comes to mental health, making connections with others can be a way forward. How do you reach out when you need someone? What do you do to support those who struggle? Connections can bring comfort, hope, and joy. Find ways that work for yourself and others like sending a text, sharing a moment, offering a hug, seeing an old friend, creating space to listen. Visit cmentalhealth.org. That's cmentalhealth.org. cmentalhealth.org. Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Yes, they do. And we love that they support us. And uh, and uh, what a great organization on Franklin Avenue here in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. Hey, we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish, and we're just uh, having a, uh, a discussion, uh, you know, about this great uh, great session that just ended. Um, Mary, what, what kind of things stick out in your mind, uh, that you want to talk about? Because I know it sounds like you did a lot of bills, but I know there's some that are like really imperative for us natives. And we always uh, compliment and comment on how great it is that you're our state Senator. And then we have the representatives that are native too that, uh, really help support us. And and if we weren't there and meaning you, we wouldn't have a lot of this done because we're, we are not underrepresented. We've been upper underrepresented. For so long. I mean, just really forever. When you think about it, it was interesting because I, um, I was invited to do a little personal tour of the Capitol this week for um, a group of students from Morris, Minnesota. And um, there were, it was a mixture of Anishinaabe and, and Dakota kids. And they'd never been to the state capitol. Uh, they didn't, you know, they kind of knew what goes on there, like most people, but they don't really know what goes on there. And um, there was one little guy that was telling me that they really don't go many places, you know, except up north. So coming down to the capital was a big deal. And we talked about, um, you know, how much, how important it is that, that we have Native folks at the state capital in order to make sure that the good things are happening for our tribes. And um, they started talking about um, some picture about the um, treaty to, um, Traverse de Sioux, and they actually knew quite a bit about, you know, the history of our, our Native folks in Minnesota. And I don't know if folks know this out there, but 
there used to be these two huge paintings that hung in the governor of Minnesota's re, uh, reception room. And one was a depiction of that treaty signing, um, the Traverse de, de Sioux treaty signing. And the other was of uh, Father DeSmit standing on the, um, the Mississippi River, on the banks of the Mississippi River, preaching to, you know, the, the waters and the, there, there's a Native American man and woman there who are just sort of enraptured by his words and um, French voyageur there. Um, but the other picture, the one uh, about the treaty, um, actually, it's they're huge. I mean, they're just huge paintings. They were removed from the reception room and, and moved into a different space so that people could see them better and understand their, the actual history is there. But they understood how the Indians got cheated out of, the students understood how the, um, the Indians got cheated not out of their land, but also of the money that was that mm -hmm. was promised to them for those lands. Because what happened is that uh, is that um, all those agencies were supposed to receive the supplies, the food, the medicines, the blankets, the farming tools, housing things, clothing, all those things. And they packed them into a warehouse and they wouldn't give them to the to the native folks. So mm -hmm. then the native folks had to go to the shopkeepers and say, when when our stuff comes, we'll pay you back. So they got layaway or credit. Well, the deal was is that they signed two different, they got the natives to sign two different treaty forms, and then they had to move over and sign a third document, which the, the, the tribal members thought they were signing a third copy of the treaty. But really what it says is that um, the money for the land actually goes to all those shopkeepers first before it goes to the tribes. Wow. And, you know, those shopkeepers cheated the Indians, uh, you know, charged them way more. So I was really impressed by how much those kids actually knew without having ever been to the Capitol. Um, so I just wanted to say that and how important it is to have uh, representation. I think I was there for two and a half hours with them. It was wow. delightful. It was just a delightful afternoon. But some of the things that we, we got done, um, for the tribes in Minnesota. Of course, we made sure that the Minnesota Indian Affairs Council got their appropriations so they can continue to do the good work, especially around language um, revitalization and that sort of thing. One of the biggest things and earliest things that we did is um, we bolstered the Minnesota Indian Family Preservation Act. It's like a mini ICWA act. And um, we are concerned, of course, that ICWA will be um, shot down by the uh, federal, the Supreme Court out in D.C. And so we wanted to make sure that we had protections in place so that um, we didn't it didn't go back to our kids being removed at, you know, those high, high rates that they've been removed and still are removed from those families. So that was really important. Um, we worked on that last summer. Uh, Senate research went through our existing Minnesota Indian Family Preservation Act, looked at what changes they thought needed to be done. Um, and then there was a tribal there, you know, just like 30 people working on it, tribal lawyers and advocates and uh, the Equal Law Center here in Minneapolis. And they were trying and they were coming up with the things that they think thought needed to be changed. And so once they came up with their list and we had the bill ready to go, we just merged those two. And it was it was a beautiful thing. Um, and we got that done quickly in the beginning of session. We had that done by February. So wow. I was excited about that. Yeah, um, we, of course, uh, made made it possible for our students to wear their American Indian regalia or mm -hmm. um, culturally significant items at graduation ceremonies. They weren't allowed to do that. Um, we, ch we modified um, the mascot bill so that um, try or um, if, if there's a school on a reservation and they have a certain percent of Native kids, then they can use that Native image and, and oh. name. But if they're not, um, if they're off 
a reservation and they're a basic public school, um, they have to go through a process to get uh, approved by the tribes. And if there are all right now existing ones, they do have to go through that process again. And, you know, if, if, if those schools and those districts are in good, good um, relation with the tribes, then it shouldn't be a problem. But it's really, it's up to the, the tribes to decide. Now, let's say uh, northern tribe, you know, in Minnesota, we have our Ojibwe, Anishinaabe in northern Minnesota, and we have our Dakota in, in southern Minnesota. And if the Dakota tribes say, you know what, we're, we, if you guys want to do it up north, you go ahead and do it what you want to do. We don't need to get involved in your business. If that's mm-hmm. what they say when this happens, then, then that's just taken as a neutral vote. It's not like a yay or a nay, and it's really up to the local tribes to decide that. So that was an important one. And we also made sure that um, kids wouldn't be um, reprimanded for wearing their sacred um, sacred tobacco pouches around their neck either. Um, and um, following uh, St. Paul Public Schools also yeah. uh, made, made it available. Uh, we asked schools to make available uh, a a quiet, safe, sacred spot for kids to smudge in school when they they felt that they needed that. Um, So that was really important uh, work that we did. Another one that was really important is that we revisited the 1854 treaty Mm. agreement uh, with Mille Lacs and the, or not Mille Lacs. It was, um, I think, Boys Fort. And Uh, if I'm not mistaken. And of course, our treaties, um, you know, never, never paid out the way, the way they were supposed to. Right. So in the 1854 treaty, um, uh, there's still dollars that have not been appropriated. And now those dollars are going to, you know, they have to go back and do it. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's a really important one. And of course, uh, the return of the sacred lands to the Upper Sioux uh, community. There is a, a state park in the site where there was an old, there was an agency building in one of those agencies that held the, mm-hmm. the um, supplies back. And it's a state park. Um, people can go there and camp. They can even camp in a teepee that's erected there. Mm-hmm. Um and, but the problem is, is that those are sacred lands and there are burial mounds within that park. Whoa. And um, uh, chair, chair, uh, the chair of the Upper Sioux community uh, has asked for 18 years for the return of those sacred lands. And this year we did it. Wow. We got it returned to them. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a, you know, there was some um, consternation from the local people, like where would they be able to recreate? But, um, you know, these are sacred lands. We don't go into um, cemeteries and do this kind of thing. So, but we can talk about more when we come back. Right on, Mary. Wow. uh, That's just a lot of great stuff going on. And uh, we're going to jump into a little more. And then I also want to see what your summer looks like. Uh, Are you going to be in a lot of parades and, (laughs) you know, a lot of those things happening in the summer? Hey, we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish, and we'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Hey, this is Robert Pilot. I taught in St. Paul Public Schools for over 25 years, and I want you to join the team and make a difference in our children's future. Right now, St. Paul Public Schools is offering hiring and retention bonuses up to $10,000 for a variety of teaching and classroom support positions for the next school year. Grow in a supportive and fulfilling public school setting. Limited bonuses are available, so don't delay. Apply at spps.org careers. 
Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. Minnesota has made history by becoming the 12th state to pass paid family and medical leave into law. Starting on January 1st, 2026, you can take up to 12 weeks of paid leave when welcoming a new family member facing a health challenge or caring for a loved one. No longer will you have to choose between your job and your health or family. Join us in extending a heartfelt thank you to our legislators for their unwavering commitment to Minnesota families. Paid for by Isaiah. Visit IsaiahMN.org to learn more. Hey, it's Tom. Fossil fuels continue to have negative impacts on our environment. Luckily, there are more ways now than ever to use renewable energy in your home or business. All Energy Solar offers smart energy solutions like custom solar paneling, electric vehicle chargers, and energy storage. Solar panel systems can last for decades, meaning you can help the environment and cut back on electric bills for years to come. There are incentives and rebates available to most people who install solar energy, too. Last year, the federal solar tax credit increased to a 30% tax credit. This incentive can be used in combination with other incentives from your utility, county, or city. But don't delay or miss out, as many of these incentives are limited to only a certain number of people. So have a professional from All Energy Solar help you discover how solar can power up your property while saving on your energy costs. Call 800-620-3370 or visit allenergysolar.com. This is Elizabeth, the host of Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth. Each week, our show explores higher consciousness and pathways to freedom with heart-centered thought leaders. We shine a light on your brilliance, what you pay attention to, and how that has supported your process of becoming free from the heavier issues that affect you. There are many pathways to sovereignty. Join us each week as we explore your sovereignty and consider what's your pathway to becoming free. That's Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth, Sundays at 11 a.m. or anytime on your favorite podcast app. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Cloudy overnight tonight with a low of 68, then another slight chance of showers and thunderstorms on Saturday with a high of 90. Celebrate the arrival of summer with a great meal at an Eat Local Minnesota restaurant, perfect for any occasion. Check out the list of Eat Local Minnesota restaurants at eatlocalminnesota.com. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm Wake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Minnesota 350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Yes, they do. Hey, we have State Senator Mary Kunish on, and we've been just uh, talking about this great session uh, that's just uh, finished up here, wrapping up here. And uh, I, I think you might have a few more things you want to talk about because, you know, we always have to jump into those commercials and pay the bills. But uh, I want to let you have the mic again, and then I want to see towards the end of the segment just see what what your summer looks like. But again, here's State Senator Mary Kunish. Well, we talked a little bit about um, uh, good things that are happening in Indian country and some of the things going on these days. But, you know, um, as the chair of education uh, finance here in Minnesota, we passed some, you know, just some stupendous legislation. Um, we are now a uh, no-cost breakfast and lunch uh, state for our students, so wow. kids can come to school and they don't have to worry about having money in their pocket or filling out a form to um, get a breakfast and a lunch, you know, to make sure that their bodies are nourished for, for school. Um, we uh, created, uh, we're going to start an ethnic studies um, expectation in our schools. 
that's going to be really, really great. Um, also civics, you know, uh, mm -hmm. I think we all recognize how important and how, you know, the power of the vote uh, is when it comes to the decisions that are being made. And uh, we also, um, not within the education realm, but in the election committee, they did some really great things. And one of them um, allows our 16 and 17 year olds to submit a uh, voter registration application, even though they they can't cast their ballot by the time they turn 18. So when they go for their driver's license, they automatically get registered to vote. And then when they turn 18, they'll get a notice and say, you are now uh, eligible to vote. And um, that's one way to, to just draw people in, because there are a lot of adults that have never voted they don't know where to go. They don't know what to do, how to get registered. And so this is not only the civics classes that um, Senator Swadzinski, it was very adamant about, and he's the chair of education policy, um, but it also allows all of our, our students to be ready to go right off the bat. Um, another one was um, we recognize the you know, the, the trauma that our foster kids go through, not just our native kids, but all foster, most foster care kids go through. It's really hard to not be with your family or to have gone through some kind of um, situation where you're not living with your family anymore. So we did put a bunch of money into really critical wraparound services that include um, housing support, uh, job and workforce readiness and other needs to ensure that um, those foster kids that <clears throat> are in foster homes, once they turn 18, even if they're still in high school, they drop off the, the gov you know, the support systems, the financial support systems, and we just leave them dangling there with, you know, what do you expect? So, we put dollars towards that transition. And I, you asked me earlier what I was doing this summer, but for yeah. the last couple of years, I've been working with um, other state legislators to um, find and, and put into place resources for not only our foster kids, um, that are trans, uh, you know, that they're, they're transitioning from um, living in a, foster care to now being on their own or where do they go for school. Um, but it's also our kids with disability as their young adults are moving into that. So I'm going to go to a conference on that down in Chicago. And there's the American uh, Library Association conference, uh, conference down there too. So I get a two for one. That's exciting. Um, but, um, you know, those are the important things. Uh, Minnesota uh, decided that they were going to um, have free tuition, college tuition in our state schools uh, for a family, for people, kids that are, um, are under a certain um, uh, eligibility. So right. families right. that make $80,000 or, or less, um, their kids can go to our public second, you know, uh, colleges and universities tuition free. And so those are some of the really cool things that we're, we're doing. Talked a little bit about um, uh, civics and voting, but we also have some other really important bills like uh, the Clean Slate Law that is establishing automatic expungement process for certain nonviolent offenses. And it removes uh, current requirement and expungements to be reviewed and approved by a prosecutor um, and that have, and ha has to go through uh, another court process. So if, you know, there have been some very minor, minor offenses uh, where folks, you know, especially folks of color have been sentenced for extraordinarily long um, amounts of time. And that's, yeah. that's just not right at all. There's also, um, uh, we returned the vote to those that um, have felonies. Mm -hmm. Once they have finished their sentence, they're able to vote. Where in Minnesota, before that, they weren't able to. Um, gosh, there's just so much. Our homeless youth, 
our homeless youth um, are so vulnerable and many of them are homeless. They don't have a place to live. Their jobs are sporadic. And so we um, designed a youth intervention that's going to provide direct cash to youth who are unsheltered. And this is just specifically in Hennepin and St. Louis County. It's a pilot program, mm -hmm. but um, they're going to see how that goes. And if it makes a difference, then, then we're going to do that. You know, wow. we might do that for, you know, a, a lot more. So there's just so many great things that we're doing here in Minnesota. I think, um, you know, we ensured reproductive rights right yes. off the bat. Right off That's the bat. so important. Um, what else do we, we well, do? Well, we're like a safe state now. And I think a couple shows ago you talked about people are moving here because um, how we support GLBT uh, and, and things like that. That's exciting uh, to hear, you know. Uh, that's the great heart that our Democratic Party here has been working on doing, and uh, you know, with uh, reproductive rights, but also the GLBT that are under attack in a yeah. lot of the country. Well, it's Pride Month. Don't forget. Yeah. So good thing you brought that up. But another, another and another and another really great thing that we did, we have um, the Trans Refuge Bill here in Minnesota. And that's a bill to prevent out-of-state laws from interfering with the practice of gender-affirming health care here in Minnesota. So yes, there are families um, who either they they themselves, you know, the parents are trans and are um, being, um, you know, treated really yeah. unfairly and discriminatorily, um, but their kids, uh, you know, there's families with trans kids nine-year-olds that, you know, say, I know this is me, this is me, right. and this is who I am. And um, parents are afraid for them. I heard a report on uh, NPR the other day about a mom who's just terrified that her her child is going to be somehow harmed or, you know, go through the trauma. And um, there are families that are moving to Minnesota. And we hear from our Republicans all the terrible things, all the taxes that are driving people out of Minnesota and all the regulations. But you know what? If, if you can't stand that, then, you know, go to a different state. But we welcome those that, that are here and need that refuge. You know, it's always been the spirit of Minnesota to do that. I mean, mm -hmm. I remember in the 80s, and I think you remember, too, that we really uh, supported what was at the time called the boat people, but it was our Hmong relatives that came from Vietnam. And uh, we have, I think, the second largest uh, population here in St. Paul, anywhere in the country. I think uh, California, one of the cities in California, San Francisco, I think, has a the next largest uh, among population, but we've always had open arms uh, for our people or for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, not everybody feels that way, but <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the, at least the majority do. And, you know, we're putting in place the kind of things that need to be done to protect our communities, Absolutely. especially our kids, especially our kids and the most vulnerable. Yeah. Well, well, too, and, you know, people have been moving here because not only are we protecting the young ones, but uh, with the parents supporting their, their children and uh, however they feel uh, who they are, they're going to be convicted um, mm -hmm. for child abuse in, in these other states. So come on to Minnesota and, uh, and uh, join, join us in a good way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we got like a couple minutes left here, State Senator. Uh, what are your summer plans here? I know you got a, some parade <laughs> obligations and things like that that are that are fun and getting out in the community. Yep, um, I have a pretty full schedule of of events, both in our district and around the state and across the nation for conferences um, that I'm looking forward to. We'll have some family coming in from out of town. Um, some of the family just went out to Standing Rock over Memorial Day weekend, and I didn't get out there. I'd like to make a, a trek out there this summer for sure. Um, but I went to the library the other day and I brought home a stack of books and, um, I'm just looking forward to sitting out on my deck and doing a lot of recreational reading 
there's some bills that didn't get completed or ones that I want to work on. Um, I had a really great conversation with a bunch of food truck people yesterday about the over regulation of licensure in every way possible. Mm -hmm. So I told them I'd help them work on a, a bill. I have a daughter with a food truck, a food trailer. And so she's been like, you've got to fix this mom. We, yeah. They're nickel and diming us to death everywhere we go. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Excellent. Well, and you'll be on uh, native roots radio, uh, whether pre-recorded or uh, live. So we really yep. appreciate that. And, uh, we appreciate you, uh, State Senator Mary Kunis. You are a doer, and uh, thank you so much for all your years of service. And thanks for being on Native Ritz Radio for all this time, too. Oh, it's been my pleasure, Robert. I um, Sometimes I just start, you know, I forget what it, what we did in a week. And once we start talking, it's like it's amazing what we're doing. So, Wopilatanka for always listening and, and asking good questions. Right on. Thank you. Have a great day, a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Thanks, State Mary. Senator State Senator Mary Kunis. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit MN350.org. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's, Let's live, live and, and let howl. howl. When it comes to mental health, connections with others can be a way forward. How do you reach out when you need someone? What do you do to support those who struggle? Whether you're struggling or know someone who struggles, see connections as comfort, hope, and joy. Like sending a text, sharing a moment, offering a hug, seeing an old friend, seeing your grandma. Together we can find ways to create a path forward. Visit cmentalhealth.org. Visit cmentalhealth.org. Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. This is uh, Leonard Peltier. I am in uh, Coleman 1, U.S. Penitentiary, and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. How? How? Hey, before I bring uh, our, my awesome and beautiful wife, Wendy, on, I just want to say, uh, remind everyone that we're going to be on at 5 p.m. now starting uh, Monday. So we're really excited about that move and really excited to be in more people's cars driving home. And uh, so we're excited about that. And nothing but uh, good things here. Uh, the expansion of Native Ritz Radio has been just been uh, a phenomenal uh, experience. And I want to just say, Pini Gigi, to all our listeners out there, we couldn't do it without you. And of course, uh, Haley, all our supporters too. So uh, all our Howling for Wolves, which has been for, with us forever, uh, Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition, and all the su support we've had over the years and uh, the new support too. Um, I, I want to... Uh, 
introduce my awesome and beautiful wife, Wendy. Wendy's been an animal advocate for many years, and she uh, talks about animals and uh, our sacred animals and our relatives. So take it away, Wendy. Thank you, Robert. Hey, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani, and that means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at our local and state level. So it's always my pleasure to do that. Today I have an article from Pupvine, and it's about 12 smells that dogs hate. A dog's nose possesses more smell receptors and their olfactory sense is 10,000 to 100 times stronger than ours. So it's no wonder that uh, dogs can smell a lot more smells than we do. But here's 12 smells that dogs really hate. Number one, cleaning products. First on the list of smells that dogs hate are cleaning products. To be honest, we may understand why dogs don't like household cleaners. I mean, not that I like them due to their unpleasant scent. So household cleaners are full of ammonia chloride besides the awful smell, which can be dangerous and dogs can inhale it and get irritation in their respiratory tract. My advice is to use these products when your dog is not around and after cleaning, make sure to open up the windows in order to clean the air. I know Robert and I use a lot of uh, organic and um, pet-friendly uh, household cleaners. So the cleaners that we use, we could use on the floor and then our pups and our cat can walk right over them. So uh, I know seventh generation and Mrs. Myers make some really good uh, pet friendly uh, cleaning products. So check them out and make sure the ingredients are not any of those harsh ingredients. Number two, mothballs. I know I hate the smell of mothballs, but mothballs are some form of pesticide. And not only do dogs hate them, but they are also very dangerous to your dog, especially if he eats one. They're also uh, poisonous for us also. And I know an adult wouldn't eat a mothball, but keep your kids away from the mothballs. Uh, number three is alcohol. Did you ever ask yourself why your dog isn't keen on cuddling with you when you come home after a few drinks? Well, the reason for that is that dogs find the smell of alcohol highly unlikable. They don't like being near areas where there is even a small amount of the smell of alcoholic beverages or rubbing alcohol. If you want to keep your dog away from something, don't spray alcohol as it can irritate the skin, but use soaked cotton balls and put them in the area where you don't want your dog to be. Number four, nail polish remover and nail polish. Some of your favorite and essential products have smells that dogs hate. Your nail polish and nail polish remover consists of chemical compounds such as acetone, acetate, formaldehyde, isopropyl alcohol, and nitrocellulose. All of the all of these smells find a way to bother your dog's sensitive nose. These products shouldn't be used as dog repellent solution as they can cause your dog to sneeze and itch. Ground spices. So ground spices like nutmeg, cayenne pepper, chili powder, cinnamon, mustard, allspice, ginger, Paprika and cardamom are all smells that your dog hates, but they are not harmful to them. So if you don't know what to use in order to keep your dog away from your garden, this can be the solution. Ground spices bother a dog's sense of smell, but they won't do your dog any harm if they are used outdoors. Number six, fresh herbs. While you are cooking, you may notice that your dog is not around you. Why is this so? Well, dogs don't also like fresh herbs. The aroma uh, found in rosemary, thyme, basil, and mint is a great dog repellent smell. If you haven't planted those herbs in your garden now, you have a reason to do so. Number seven, citrus scents. I think that we all would agree that the smell of citrus fruit, fruits resonate with something clean and fresh. However, dogs find the strong smell of limes, grapefruits, lemons, and oranges uh, irritating. Citrus 
fruits, however, are great natural repellent smells that you can use to keep your dog away from specific areas. You can use a spray bottle and fill it with oil from citrus peelings or cut up citrus fruits and use the fruit from it to spray the area you want to protect from the intruder. That way, the strong scent of citrus will help your dog uh, keep your dog at a, at a distance. Number eight, garlic and onions. Well, dogs aren't fans of the smell of garlic and onions, and to be honest, neither am I. Well, that's the article talking and not me because I do like the smell of onions and garlic. But many dog owners love to uh, sense these smells while cooking. Yes, as I do. However, the smell of onions and garlic is rather dangerous or harmful, and dogs will simply have to get used to their owner cooking with garlic and onions from time to time. I know when I'm in the kitchen, Wanda is always by my side, laying in the corner, her favorite little spot, and she smells a lot of garlic and onion, so she probably just puts up with it because she loves to be around me. Number nine, chili peppers. Your dog's sensitive nose is not a, a fan of any kind of hot pepper, chili pepper, jalapenos, chipotle peppers, habaneros, or uh, thigh chai chilies. And it will irritate your dog's nose 100%. We all know that these scents are very strong and spicy. Now imagine that it, what it's like for your dog to sense it 40 times more than us. So um, keep your dog away from those peppers. Number 10, perfumes or colognes. I haven't used any perfumes or colognes in uh, since the 1980s, so I don't have to worry about that. And the reason why dogs don't like these uh, perfume, perfumey scents or colognes is because you're covering up your natural scent, and your natural scent is what your dog really loves, right? So don't mask that. Uh, number 11, essential oils. So there's uh, some essential oils can be harmful for your dogs. We're going to list those here. Do not use citrus, peppermint, cinnamon, tea tree, pennyroyal, sweet birch, pine, lang lang, and wintergreen. For example, eucalyptus oil can irritate your dog's eyes and cause a burning sensation. Surely you don't want to do that to your dog and make him suffer. So don't use these particular essential oils. Number 12, vinegar. With the smell of vinegar, I think that both dogs and humans could agree that this smell is very off-putting. Even though vinegar is used in many home remedies, we can quite get used to the smell. We can't quite get used to the smell, and neither can dogs. Any type of vinegar, like white vinegar, balsamic vinegar, apple cider vinegar, and, um, and so on, has the smell that your dog hates. But on the other side, as vinegar consists of acetic acid, it is non-toxic and safe, and it can be used as a repellent. So there you go, the top 12 scents that dogs don't like. I hope that this helped you. It has helped me. And back to you, Robert. What a great show. Remember, everyone, we're going to be on um, we're going to be on at 5 p.m. now starting Monday. Uh, we're still here. We are the seventh generation. Free Leonard Peltier now. now. Oh,